Hello, and welcome to 15 Minutes to Change the World, where in 15 minutes or less, you can learn a bit more about the world and how you can help change it for the better. My name is Lama Safi, and I'm the host of this podcast. In this episode of 15 Minutes to Change the World, we're marking World Humanitarian Day by speaking with Caroline Eol, CARE Uganda's interim manager for the project where the women lead in emergencies interventions are undertaken, and she is also CARE Uganda's women lead in emergencies specialist. Caroline joins us remotely from CARE in Uganda today. Caroline, it's wonderful to have the chance to speak with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lama. Thank you. Well, Caroline, we'll dive right into the questions, if you may. Um, can you share with our listeners, please, what inspired you to get involved in humanitarian work? Okay, thank you, Lama. I started my humanitarian work close to 15 years ago, right after my university. And uh, I come from an environment that was marred by conflicts in northern Uganda. And um, I've seen my relatives live through the internally displaced camps. So for me, I, I struggled to see a change in terms of how we can move away from conflict to a more enabling environment where all women, girls, boys, and men can live peacefully. So for that, it enabled me to uh, study community psychology that has um, put me in the humanitarian field where I can work directly with uh, persons in conflict. Caroline, can you explain what Women Lead in Emergencies is for our listeners? And, and what's your role in this project? Women Lead in Emergencies is a model of intervention developed by CARE to support women and girls groups to take leadership in responding to the crisis that affects them and their communities by promoting inclusive, active participation and the leadership of women in communities at the forefront of crisis. Um, this model prepares women and girls with life skills to respond to crisis and reducing their vulnerabilities. Oftentimes, women directly affected by crisis are still excluded from humanitarian responses and from public decision-making spaces. As such, when women's voices are not heard, women's rights and needs are often not adequately met, and an emergency response can further reinforce inequalities that perpetuate um, vulnerabilities, insecurity, poverty, and more non-inclusive interventions. My role is to empower women and girls groups with skills to overcome their barriers, to lead and encourage meaningfully participate in an enabling environment. Uh, and the groups that we empower do empower other groups to ensure learning is cascaded to the grassroots as a more sustainable approach. Um, how are you seeing women and girls lead in their communities when it comes to emergency response? And then how does this involvement of women and girls, how does it carry over into to the longer term? So we've undertaken um, rapid gender analysis and uh, findings from this analysis shows the impact of crisis on women's equal participation and their leadership in the community and humanitarian decision-making and action. Participating uh, women and girls groups themselves define what participation and leadership means for them in their context, what their goals are for participating in or leading humanitarian action, and what needs to change for them to exercise their right to participate in decisions that affect their lives. The Women Lead Intervention supports women to reflect on these issues or barriers as well as prevailing opportunities 
where they can analyze these together with other women and girls and co-create actions or interventions to address these barriers. The groups participate in action learning as they reflect on what is working, what is workable and why, including how they can scale the workable approach to realize a bigger impact while identifying their allies for support to adapt to their change strategies. We have seen women challenge the status quo in humanitarian responses. One of the actions developed by one of the women's group sought um, community support to bring the food distribution closer to their village that uh, helped to benefit the community as a whole. Now, how does their involvement um, of women and girls in emergency response carry over into the longer term? The continued empowerment of women and girls and creating enabling environments through other women and men of influence increases their confidence to lead and action their aspirations. Eventually, their voices are heard and interventions are inclusive of their needs and vulnerabilities are eventually addressed. Thank you, Caroline. What are the, the greatest challenges you're seeing in your work? And then what are the greatest opportunities or rewards? Thank you, Lama. Um, at the start of the pilot, Women Lead in Arua, West Nile, the biggest challenges that we did um, interface with were breaking through the negative cultural practices that uh, still support stifling women's voices. Uh, we also did approach uh, men's resistance to women's participation in civic and leadership activities. We also um, experienced overwhelming domestic and reproductive burden on women, which prevented them from taking up um, interactions with the community or even going for community meetings or engagements that uh, really do involve their, their decisions. And also the impact of COVID-19 has um, caused re further restrictions um, that the women were already exposed to including the economic strive where they have to um, continue to support their families. And uh, also another challenge um, that I see is the intentional uh, lack of inclusion of women in decision-making spaces um, by us humanitarian workers has also further exacerbated um, breaking through the women lead or bringing women to the table of discussions. So these are still some of the challenges that we still undergo, but we continue to advocate for them. Looking at the greatest rewards um, that we have been able to garner over time, since 2019, we've um, managed to get men to work with us, um, working with men to address negative hegemonic masculinities that perpetrate violence against women and girls, addressing women and girls' literacy through functional adult literacy um, learning that has boosted their confidence and aspirations to meaningfully participate in community actions and critical decision-making spaces. And, and this is one of those that are the basis that helps to urge women to go forward, especially literate women. And also the other rewards include increased number of women vying for leadership positions in the mainstream formal leadership structures in the refugee settlement. Um, we also have a CBF community-based facilitator structures in the community where we're seeing more women um, being involved in, in, in leadership, in recruitment into these positions, uh, taking up group leadership, being the leader within the water committee, the village savings and loan associations, among others. And for me, those are 
some of the rewards. Also, we have managed to, uh, through this intervention, uh, support women to address conflict-related psychological distress that initially did impede their participation. And, and I believe um, this is still one of those um, impediments across the refugee settlements. Also, we're able to see an increased intergroup collaboration where actions and learning were developed across different groups. Initially, groups were in isolation or working in silos, but now we see a lot of that uh, intergroup interaction and learning from the different uh, cultures and uh, tribes. And that helps to, to increase collaboration across the refugee settlement. Um, we've also been able to undertake women's conferences that has increased networking, uh, increased learning, peaceful coexistence with women who are having common needs and impediments and how they can overcome this uh, collectively while involving partners as well as agencies in the humanitarian spaces. Also, one of the rewards is the COVID-19 uh, set the stage for women to take on ad hoc leadership positions, as well as prevention interventions for their communities, such as making liquid soap um, as a strive to prevent COVID-19, participating in sensitization sessions, counseling other women and GBV survivors, advocating for the reduction of teenage pregnancy as part of um, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, effects. And also, finally, um, the women lead component, one of the rewards is through this model, it helps you to tailor uh, and, and suit to fit interventions within the context with which the program is being implemented. So it's not a one-size-fit-all, but um, it's, it's a model that helps you to work with the context that you're in to come out with programs that work for the women in that location. Thank you, Caroline. Um, do you have a message for, for the Canadian public or Canadian policymakers? What, what would you like them to know about uh, the work that you're doing? Yeah, um, the pilot that we started in 2019 was through funding from the Canadian government, the Global Affairs Canada. And um, uh, to date, uh, 2021, Global Affairs Canada continues to support women-led interventions and, and we have seen enormous change in the lives of women and girls with several successes to attribute that to policymakers around the world should continue to advocate for the intentional inclusion of the voices and decisions of marginalized groups, especially women and girls around the world, more especially those caught up in crisis to participate in designing interventions that best suits them and their context. Um, this reduces vulnerabilities and increases agile responses from resilient women, girls, men, and boys in their communities. Overall, this increases co-created actions that reduce dependency and the up-bottom approach that uh, most humanitarian workers are used to, but rather adopt the bottom-up approach that um, helps to, to make um more sensitive interventions that um, bring in meaningful use of the, the funds and the grants that we receive, as well as um, setting the global stage for the involvement of women's voices all over. How can our listeners support humanitarian work and empower women to lead uh, in emergencies? Yeah, the listeners can continue to spread the word 
and also the learning about women's leadership in, in emergencies especially and to keep the fire burning because when we do involve more women and girls in these interventions at an early stage, we are setting the stage for the global uh, involvement, global inclusion of women into leadership positions globally. And it doesn't only stop at the humanitarian level. It doesn't stop at um, the, the refugee context. It, it goes across in development context, even in contexts where there is no conflict. We, we have to start now. We have to involve women and girls consider their decisions, seek and consult them and how best we can work together. Also, I would like to add that um, when we do not know about what's happening in the humanitarian work, it easily goes under the carpet. So the intentional awareness of the needs of women and girls, as well as boys and men in, in a humanitarian work or in humanitarian context, and why we need to work with the refugees, the internally displaced persons, the persons caught up in natural disasters and um, conflict-related um, emergencies. They are not lost people. It's not like they have lost everything. They still have a resilience, a willpower. So we can do our part. We can rethink our interventions, redesign our interventions, and also um, support them because uh, we cannot do the work alone. We have to work together with these persons of concern so that we can be able to realize more durable solutions and lasting change in the communities. And also uh, from these life skills that they be, they'll be able to learn, they'll be able to take on to their, their countries where they come from, as well as create communities that are more resilient and communities that are more inclusive and open to supporting women and men, girls and boys. And of course, finally, the intentional support of women and girls across programs, not only um, in women lead in emergency, but involving and embedding women to lead across programs. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak with us today about the incredible power of women's leadership in emergency contexts around the world. Thank you, Lama. I would like to also thank the team in Uganda, the women lead team in Uganda, uh, in uh, Arua, in, in Western Uganda, as well as the management of CARE Uganda for supporting this intervention, for striving to have the voices of women um, involved across the programs. And also, I would like to send special thanks to um, the Global Women Lead team who continue to strive for a change, for learning, as well as... Um, the Funders Global Affairs Canada, thank you so much for the support. Thank you, Caroline. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. You can stay up to date on the latest episode of 15 Minutes to Change the World by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and by visiting care.ca slash podcast. 